Joining me this week on the Friday Film Club is presenter Esme Todd. Now we were chatting for ages and I had to cut loads out, so I'm going to try and find a way to share some of that bonus content with you guys, but uh, I hope you enjoy the episode. There's some interesting choices in there. And let us know what you think on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at the Fry Film Club. So Esme, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no worries. Uh, great that you could be here. And how are you coping at the moment in, uh, I guess, post-lockdown now? Post-lockdown? That sounds really creepy, doesn't it, and scary? <laughs> um, no, it's, it's all right, isn't it? It's still a bit annoying. Things are, It's better than it was, you know, a bit more normal, but still quite miserable, I feel. Mm. Thanks for uh, being on the show and being uh, subject to my uh, six questions um, to find no out worries. a little bit more about you. And Yeah. Um, I guess before we, we jump in, so you're a TV presenter, right? Well, a presenter. <laughs> I, I, I haven't quite earned the TV part of that yet, but we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> you, you, you're kind of there. You've done it. What is it? Um, is it CBBS? I get confused with what channel is what, but you've done a lot for that. No, I haven't done anything like that. No, I've done uh, The Entertainer, which is what you've seen, yes, um, right. which is a toy shop, and we did like a sort of it's kind of like a show for them but it wasn't really a show it was more just like promoting things but yeah yeah it wasn't anything you know it wasn't on tv <laughs> yeah onwards and upwards though well you know who knows who knows yeah okay so i'm hoping that the the following questions uh, we're going to get to know a little bit more about who you are and um, through mm -hmm. the films that you like and don't like um, yeah. so uh let's jump straight in uh, your favorite film of all time what is it Oh, this always makes me sound so basic, but I'm going to say I'm going to say one first, which is a bit more random, which is Coraline. Have you seen that? Yeah, great film. It's a great film, and I think it's like I, I want to say underrated. It's not that it's not like it's like a niche. I'm not trying to play that it's like a really niche film. Like I know it's quite a known film, but you don't hear people talk about it that much, and it's got so many good quotes and references. But I don't feel like you hear about it that much. So is Coraline the Disney one? No. Well, is it Disney? No, no, I don't think it's Disney. It's the one with the girl and she has, she um goes behind the little door into the other world. Yes, and... see, I always get so confused between Coraline and Charlotte's Web. Uh, and there was another one <laughs> that was no released different. around a similar time. I know, but I think it's because they all come out around the same time. And I didn't really see any of them uh, at the time. And I have since caught up and, and it's all just a blur. They're all just the same thing to me. So you have seen Coraline, though, or no? I have seen Coraline, yeah. When she crawls through the little, you know, tunnel into the other, and there's the other mother, and she's all, and has the yes. buttons and eyes. Yeah, that one. That's the, that's the one I'm talking about, not Charlotte's it's, Web, I don't have to say. It's, it's, it's a good film, Coraline, I love it. Um, and now that, now that you described it, I'm pretty sure that's the Tim Burton one, isn't it? Because it's... Yeah, you've I got think, me wanting to Google it now. <laughs> this is, this is what I mean. I, yeah. Coraline, it's, um, I'll show you the, well, this is not very good viewing for a podcast, is it? But the one with, this is the Coraline, that yes, little girl, yes. she has buttons in the eyes. Um, yeah, apologies, because if anyone's listening and it's, they're thinking, what's she on about? Is it Tim Burton? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Oh, I think it is. I think it is. It's got, it's it got a very kind of Tim burton sort of look to it anyway. Yeah. I'm saying it's my like favourite film and I don't know much about it. <laughs> um, I don't know if it is, you know, is it? 
Mm, mm, mm. I don't think it is, but it's that mm. kind of vibe. It says it's directed okay. by Henry Selleck. Oh, okay. That's not Tim Burton at all. But it, it has got that kind of vibe. It's got that kind of vibe. I agree with you, yeah. Yeah, it's that mm. kind of creepy, kind of for kids, but feels like it's too dark for kids kind of vibe. Yeah, so uh, I, I think Coraline is a great choice. A lot of people love it. But I'm a bit curious because you name-dropped another film to me before this recording, <laughs> which is definitely not Coraline, nor is it anything yeah. like Coraline. The other one was Love Actually, and the reason I yeah. don't say that first is because I'm embarrassed, uh, wait, race, basically. It's one of those films where everyone, like, gets on their high horse about it, and they're like, mm, that's such a classic, that's so, like, cliche to like that film. But honestly, even, I mean, it's, it's a Christmas film in a way, isn't it? Because it's set around the Christmas period, even though it's mm. not directly, I mean, maybe it is. Yeah, it's a Christmas film. And it's just so, I love those films, those classic, I think there's a few other ones, like, is it, valentine's day is another one maybe yes. where they're like into there's like lots of stories going on and then they all interlink yeah. i like that lots of films uh and that one's just so good there's like sad bits and there's happy bits and it's like a i have to watch it every christmas and i just think it's a really like fun film and no one i just don't know why you can't like it Do you know what i mean it's such a likable film i'm i'm with you on that i love love actually <laughs> i every christmas eve it gets played yeah. I, I i absolutely love the film yeah, I think Love Actually is just such a feel-good film. It's got so many big people in it. But yeah, I just feel like it, those sorts of films come with a bit of a stigma. If you say that they're what, what you, you know, if you say that that's your favourite film, people are like, oh, she's got no taste. That's why I went for Coraline first, because that's a I little bit more niche. <laughs> the, the, only, the only stigma that I think should ever exist with Love Actually is if you're one of those people that watches it and then makes some big romantic gesture doing the whole kind of cards in front of the door thing. Yeah, that's a bit naff, uh, isn't it? I don't like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. I hate that a lot. Uh, well, I don't do that, but I do watch the film. Good, good. <laughs> did you did you see it when it first came out, or is it just one of those things that you saw on TV? Uh, I've just seen it since. When did it come out? What year was, what, what year is Love Actually? Do you know? I'm going to look that up. Again, I believe. bad view for the... 2003 okay well in 2003 yeah. I was six so uh no I did not see it when it first came out I have to Fair say enough. it's not it's not a film that you can't see when you're six though right I guess actually maybe it is yeah it should have been the sort of film a six-year-old's bothered about do you know what I mean I think I had better things to watch at that time <laughs> you know? yeah do you know what? I actually saw a clip today it was um like it was like this will make you it was posted by cbc and it was like this will make you feel nostalgic and it was um a show called story makers right which i think was on i must have been like i think it was late no uh very early noughties slash late 90s maybe so like i was just at the end of that kind of period but um yeah and they used to like press a little button on the machine and it would show you a random story and i used to, like, just like hit me like oh my god i completely forgot that existed you know these things you've just is there in a box in my mind somewhere? And I haven't yeah. like, opened that box in a long time. So, yeah. <laughs> Random point for you there. Yeah, I, I, I love coming across little nuggets of, like, children's TV that I used to watch, like, back in the day. Like, like um, uh, Rugrats uh, is one that sticks out to me. Like, classic, like, Nickelodeon stuff. Mm. Uh, and then I get really nostalgic when I see it. Um, but anyway, Love Actually, Coraline, great choices. Now, what is your least favourite film? Now, this was a really difficult one because I don't think I ever... If I'm not interested in the film, I won't watch it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't tend to just watch... Lo I'm, I watch films. I'm not someone who sits and watches... I don't have, like, a good knowledge of films. Like, some... I've got a friend who you can just name drop any actor and he'll be like, oh, yeah, he was in X, Y, and Z. And I think, how do you know that? Like, why do you have that in your mind? But anyway, 
I struggled with this one, but I'll tell you the a film I recently watched, which I think is possibly the worst film I've ever seen, is um, Zombievers. Uh, Zombievers, yeah. which is about zombie beavers, if it wasn't obvious in the name. <laughs> and in, in fairness to that film, it's meant to be a, a comedy or like a parody of horror films. So it's not meant to be actually scary. However, it was just so bad. Like it wasn't, all the bits where I can tell it was trying to be funny weren't funny. Mm. It just, what it was just, I don't know what it achieved. It, it, it was meant to be like a comedy horror, but it's not horror and it's not a comedy. So I don't really know what it is. It's just a film about like kind of animatronic beavers that just <laughs> try to attack this group of like college kids. It's just such a bad film. Um, so that was, that genuinely came straight to mind when you asked me that question. <laughs> I, I think that's a solid choice for least favorite film. And I, so here's a question. Um, did you ever watch Sharknado and did you enjoy it? I haven't watched it, but I know what it is. Same mm. vein, isn't it? Again, I choose not to watch it. The only reason I watched the Zombievers, can I also point out, is because I was, it was in my, an old house share. We were trying to find a film to watch and someone jokingly said, let's watch Zombievers because it was on Netflix. And obviously we were all like, no. Uh, but then we couldn't find anything else. And it became a bit of a joke that we should watch it. And then we watched it. So I wouldn't normally watch that film. So hence why I've also not seen Sharknado or anything like that. <laughs> that's that's very fair. Because I, I feel like the reason I asked is because I think we can blame Sharknado for yeah. pretty much yeah. any kind of horror comedy animal yeah. mutation thing. Awful. Yeah. Bad choice. Bad videos. Bad films. So, okay. If you... Let's just let's just say you were in charge of a, of a film studio for a day, yeah. and you you had to commission a film that was animal gone bad. <laughs> Obviously, beavers are out because yeah, you're not a fan of that. No. What, what would you go with? I would go. Is it meant to be scary or is it meant to be funny? Um, whatever you want. If it's meant to be scary, I'd go for an animal that actually is scary to start off with, not like a beaver, which isn't scary. Um. <laughs> I'd probably go for like, it's a shame because sharks would have been a good one, but they ruined that Sharknado or whatever. I'd go for, I don't know, some sort of big cat would be quite scary, wouldn't it? Like they actually are a bit scary. Yeah, I mean. I think I, like a big, like a lion or something. Not like a big tabby cat, like a lion or a. Yeah, I, th I think a lion could work. If the I was going is, for I'm comedy, like... it'd be different. If I was going for comedy, I think I'd go for something like, I keep thinking of beavers now because I've got it in my head. I'd think of something <laughs> like, I don't know ants or something stupid something like ants. stupid i'm sure that was a thing wasn't it there was Maybe. like some there was a film somewhere about like killer ants i know the killer ants are actually a thing but they were like killer killer ants yeah something like something like that or was that in was there something about killer ants in one of the indiana jones films is that a thing not that i recall okay well i'm probably just talking rubbish um yeah like or like maybe i don't know sheep something like that that's a good one. How it's set in Wales. Killer sheep. Killer sheep in Wales. A, a, a plant in Wales, I'm assuming there's some sort of factory there, leaks mm -hmm. some kind of chemical, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. poisons the fields, sheep go mental. Yep. Chaos. Box Great office. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if Zombiever can, can be a hit, then... Uh, I don't uh, think Zombiever sure. was ever a hit. Can we just make that clear? <laughs> fair point, fair point. When, when did you even watch it? Because I saw trailers for it, but it was just one of those things that fell into the into the the, uh, the other, and that was it. On Netflix. I oh, think. that's disappointing. Netflix do have some 
bad stuff though. Yeah, of course they do. They've got to entertain the masses, haven't they? Some people like <laughs> people like Zombievers. There are people out there that that's not a bad film to them. They'll be thinking, they'll listen to this and they'll think, what are they talking about? That was going to be, you know, my number one. I've I've never heard anyone that's actually recommended Zombievers. Well, you're not hanging around with the right people, clearly. <laughs> clearly, no. There may be people out there that do recommend to you Zombievers. Uh, so what film or TV character do you most relate to? Uh, Monica Geller, because... Strong, uh, straight in there. Yeah, no, no, no question of... I've been asked this question before, that's the answer <laughs> I gave. She has similar, I would say, similar tendencies to me. We're both quite particular. We're both quite obsessive. But I feel like she's got good traits as well, which I think I relate to, so... Great cook. Okay, maybe not, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I just think she, I just, I can relate to things that bother her, I think would bother me. So yeah, I'd say Monica Geller. I think she gets too much hate. The poor gal. Also, I've done, I'll tell you as well, I've done the 16 personalities quiz online. You know, when you get your kind of code, which is like your personality type. And um, on that website, when you do the 16 personalities test quiz thing um they give you celebrities and public figures that you would which are similar to you and mine one of the mine was monica geller i also had taylor swift and kanye west and they're all a little bit delusional so who knows it's an interesting mix that yeah. to go from there were better ones i have to, there were other ones they're just the ones that stand out to me as being yeah. insulting <laughs> but you know i think monica's an interesting choice because when i when you you first kind of pre-warned me that that was your your answer I, I i did initially wonder why on earth anyone would pick monica geller because it was not a very flattering uh, choice however i do kind of get that i think we've all got a bit of the monica neuroses mm. in us yeah also i think i'm probably incredibly self-deprecating as well so maybe that's why i picked a negative one um, i think she is i i don't know i'm quite like i like things done the way i like them done i like to do things my own way I'm quite a bit obsessive about these things. So maybe I'm really not painting myself in a good light here, but that's possibly why I picked Monica. But then she's like, she's fun and she's sweet. And I don't think I'm like, I don't think I'm like solely Monica, but she's, I've just got a good amount of her in there, you know? Yeah, I, I think I love Friends anyway. Friends hasn't really aged well. A lot of people like bash it. And I've had this conversation just recently with someone else on the podcast actually, but uh, I'm, I'm big on Friends. And I think there's a bit of every friend in all of us we all want we all want to be when i say we i mean i want to be rachel but yeah i'm not i don't know if it's a good or bad thing i've always wanted to be chandler which is i feel like everyone should want to be joey rather than chandler yeah but joey's I, a bit dense isn't he like i don't know if that's something you can strive for i mean ross ross is the underdog of the of the male characters in friends I feel like Ross isn't a very nice person, though. That's why no one wants to be him. He's, like, the least favourite character. He's one of the most hated characters, isn't he, of all time or something like that. I'm sure I read that really? somewhere. Yeah, he's really a, hate, a hated character, and I, I kind of get it. Like, he's a bit, like, possessive and controlling and a bit neurotic. I don't think he's that... He's not that good a character. You'd, you'd never want to date or, worse, marry Ross. Yeah, but, uh, I wouldn't want to date Ross, personally. <laughs> um, so, Monica Geller. Okay, okay. I think you're probably, I'll put money on the fact that you are the only person that says that. Yeah, I think so. It's not a good one, but it's, you know, I'm being honest. So here's another one. If you could make a biopic of your life, what genre would it be and who would you cast? Now, this is a really hard one because I, I've re- again, this is going to sound really self-deprecating. I, I'm not trying to be, but my my life is so not interesting enough to be 
in any way documented. So I would really <laughs> struggle to pick a genre. I don't think my life is funny enough to make it as a comedy. It would have to be like really boringly biographical and just, let's say, I've, I, let's say you know, the presenting career kicks off and you know, I do all right from that and then, and then I die. It would just have to be purely historical and factual and that's all. Cause there's no, I mean, it's gonna be a horror, is it? And it's not gonna be, I don't think I'm particularly funny. So it's not gonna be a comedic film. So, and again, my, 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 I, I spend a lot of time in my bedroom doing nothing or like doing webinars or, you know, kind of like very mundane things. So it's not like it's gonna be an action film. So I'm gonna have to say <laughs> historic factual, something like that really. <laughs> I love that you've gone straight from presenting career kicks off and dead. Like well, this, there's no in between. No, that's it. Once my, once my presenting cricket's up, I, I just, I'm going to die. That's it. <laughs> but no, um, and then who would play me? Well, you can go with it. I don't know if I'm supposed to say someone who I think looks like me or if I'm supposed to say someone who I just would like to, <laughs> would like to look like. I'm going to say there's two people I'm, that come to mind. And these are the only two celebrities I've ever been told that I resemble or have mannerisms similar to. Now, number one is a massive compliment. I don't see it at all, but Amelia Clark, I have been told on cat. In fact, yesterday was the most recent time, but, but several times before that, people go, oh, you, when you look some this way or whatever, they go, have you ever been told you look like Amelia Clark? I say, well, yes, but it's just not, it's not accurate in the slightest. <laughs> I think it's like something mannerism wise. I don't know. So I've been told it like a good, I want to say like five times, which I think is enough to be a thing, you know, not mm. like, I'm not getting it told it daily, but you know, it's enough that it's been said. So, you know, her, maybe, if you know, mm -hmm. she's quite famous though. So, I think, you know, would she, would, if her agent called to, to do a film about me, <laughs> would she say yes? Possibly not. The other one is someone who actually I see it a little bit more is Tuppence Middleton. Have you heard of her? Yes, Please. but I can't place her. What is she in? I know she's in the most recent Downton Abbey. She's in Fisherman's Friends, Jupiter. Oh, yeah. I see that. Yeah. So that's the only one I kind of see. Okay. So yeah, Tuppence Middleton, I've been told a few times. Also, the funny, interesting thing is she looks a lot like my late grandma, who I never met because she died long before I was born. And I've, I've only, she was, yeah, she died a long time ago. And again, there's not that many pictures of her young, but the one, one of the one pictures I have seen of her when she was young looks a lot like Tuppence Middleton. So when someone said it, I was like, oh, that's bizarre because she looks like my, and I get told I look like my grand, granny, whatever she would have been called um, as well. Hmm. So yeah, either of those two, I reckon. I, I see Tuppence Middleton. I, I yeah. see that a lot. But I kind of get where people are coming from with the Amelia Clark. Do I you? Kind of see it, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny because I've just been sent. I, I get sometimes, you know, random people might message you and say, I'm watching this film and you look like this person. And I'm like, I don't. Amelia Clark is a bit of a compliment. She's meant to be quite, you know, she's quite uh, attractive, um, quite a woman of the of the moment, isn't she? I just, yeah, I just don't really see it physically. But there must be there's there's a mannerism there. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been said to me. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. something. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, who <laughs> so would you her. rather? Out, out of top. Of well, Amelia's a lot more famous, and I think. Oh, no offence, Tuppence Middleton, who I think is attractive enough, but I think Amelia's more of an icon, isn't she? Mm -hmm. So maybe Amelia, but then Tuppence, I think, would fill the role better because she looks a bit more like me. Especially if you're going down the kind of historical drama yeah. route, definitely. Yeah, but then again, this film might not be commissioned until I'm dead, so <laughs> by that point I could be 
90 so i need to rethink it then because i need to know who's who's around at the time i mean if you could let's say no one else in the world aged and someone had to play an old you uh, who would it be i have no idea because <laughs> i don't get, I had, i've never been told like you look like this 90 year old woman so i wouldn't be able to even say like her i mean i'd love it to be someone like maggie smith though because she's just so sassy she's yeah. the sort of person i aspire to be but i'm not there but that's kind of like the vibe. When I'm old, um, if I make it to, you know, my 80s or whatever, I'd quite like to be that sassy. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I feel like Maggie Smith is like the mischievous cousin to Judy Dench. Yeah. I feel like they're both a bit scary, though. Like, I imagine on, I can, I'm sure they're nice. I just, when I see them, I can imagine like on set now that they'd be a bit diva. Maybe they've, they've earned it. You know, they've been doing it for a long time. I can just imagine them being a bit like, they know what they like and you've got to do what they say. I imagine that's just what comes with being that old but I imagine when I'm when I'm 80 I'm not going to care yeah. but yeah all right so Maggie yeah. Smith and Tuppence Middleton yeah yeah great choice so what is your most nostalgic film I would say Harry Potter's one through seven <laughs> part A and B would be my most my most nostalgic films because I they were they're some of the earliest films I remember watching I have memories. In fact, well, the day of recording this is the 3rd of August. And on the 3rd of August, sometime, <laughs> one year, I specifically remember watching, because this is such a bad memory, because I can't remember the year or which Harry Potter film it was. I'm going to guess around three or four, probably. I, and I, the reason I know the date is because tomorrow, the 4th of August, is my birthday. And I remember watching on the 3rd of August for my birthday with some friends, one of the Harry Potters at some point in the last, I, I would say probably over 10 years ago. So whatever that narrows it down to. I remember watching it in the cinema, being really excited because it dawned on me that the following day, it was my big, like it was my birthday, exciting, blah, blah. So that's another thing. I link these things. So this is partly in the nostalgia sense. Like I can remember it being, yeah. What a horribly boring story that was, I just told you. I'm really That's, sorry. It's nice. It's nice. Um, and also, I think what's depressing is, I think 10 years ago, maybe this year, is when the um, Deathly Hallows, probably part two, come out. Oh, in that case, it would have so, been, yeah, it's long, way longer than, it would have been 15 plus years ago that I, wow. I'm talking about, a long time ago. I was, a, I was a child and I'm no longer a child. So that gives you <laughs> some sort of time scale. <laughs> so, um, what what's your favourite Harry Potter film? Uh, see, I was having this debate yesterday, or no, on Sunday, because their the, the ITV are kind of showing the Harry Potter at the moment. So, for nostalgia and kind of like a nice all-round vibe, I'm 50-50 between number three and number four. Uh, one and two are the bottom. They're rubbish, aren't they, really? Like, they're not good. What, um, what's three and four? Because I, I, I oh, sorry. get confused. Prisoner of Azkaban is number three. Yeah. Goblet of Fire is number four. But then also for the more like, I felt like they got a bit more adult after that in the sense that they were a bit more like, you know, action-y and a bit more, you know, the, the filming got better, the acting got better because a lot of them can't act that well in the first few films. Just got a bit better overall. So I'd probably say, I think Seven, Part 1 and 2, Definitely Hallows Part 1 and 2 are both, I don't know. This is the thing. I, I I like them all for their own things. I don't know if I've got a favourite. Is that boring? Sorry. I I think they're all quite good in their own right. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. 
I guess I, I agree. I think I'm more because of the fact that like the later ones are a bit more adult and yeah. um, a bit more a bit darker. I think mm -hmm. I do prefer some of the early ones, and, and Goblet of Fire is the one that stands out to me because that's where they have the games, isn't it? Between the yeah, yeah. The do you know what? When I watched Deathly Hallows Part Two, I cried in the um, in McDonald's afterwards because I remember going with my mum and one friend to watch it in cinema, and I, you know, the end scene. Spoilers. Uh, you know the end scene has the um them 19 years in the future and it's like where they are now sort of vibe. Um, yeah. I remember that scene just got to me, but I was with my mum. I didn't really want to cry at a film in front of my mum. I don't know why I bit cringed up about that sort of thing. I just remember being really sad about it. And when we were in we were into McDonald's afterwards as part of this trip out, and I remember just getting really emotional in there. So like I think my so something made me laugh. I'll tell you what it was. I, I remember this really clearly, actually. There was a hair of that wasn't mine in my burger. Oh. I know, pretty grim, isn't it? But, you know, hmm. McDonald's. And I was like, I saw it and I was like, oh. And then me and my friends started laughing. We were probably like year eight. So I was like really, emo I was like emotional. But, you know, you like laugh and you get a bit hysterical. I was like hysterically laughing. Then I started crying. But then that crying kind of turned to real. I had a bit of a breakdown in McDonald's. I, all I remember is my mum being like, Listen, like you know, what, what's going on? Stop, like, you're being ridiculous. Like, I think she thought I was kind of like acting up because I was with a friend, and I really wasn't. It was just genuine emotion from the fact that the, the Harry Potter had finished and I was so attached to it. That so, must have been quite a terrifying experience for other people in McDonald's. Yes. Yeah, seeing this, uh, see this child have this kind of hysterical kind of breakdown. Well, they have to understand that it's a big, it was a big day. You know, it's the last Harry Potter. You've got, there, there needs to be a bit of sympathy me yeah i'm sure you weren't the only child uh, crying uh, after no or adult actually i mean i was a teenager yeah. probably rather than a child but i reckon a lot of adults cry it's quite a sad end end to a big thing you know yeah i guess it's bittersweet because i, I think generally though the ending to harry potter was quite happy but i think it's just one of those things like with a long-running tv series that comes to an end you're glad to get that payoff but you're also really sad that there's going to be no more yeah, yeah. I think so. I, I I agree, but I also feel I don't know. It was just sad. It's sad. But yeah, I mean, I can like them to do more, you know, in some in some capacity, but only with the with the actual characters in it, not just like with randoms. Like I don't want to do a reboot. I want them to do carry on where you left off, maybe. Not yeah. any of this like fantastic beast rubbish. Like not interested in that. Have you have you seen um, the Cursed Child? No, I've read it though. I've read the play, you know, as a book. Again, that story was a bit, a bit. That's all right. I think, I think it was just kind of like it felt very much like they were desperate to put something else out, you know. And they thought, yeah. well, can we do panic? Not, I wasn't like, I wasn't sold on that. But then again, I'd be if they made that into a film. Again, only if they used the actors that were in Harry Potter. Like, I want to see Daniel Radcliffe as like a. 45 year old dad do you know what I mean I don't want to see them recast <laughs> it really weirdly because that just wouldn't work I feel like they just shouldn't make any more because I think it'll be really awkward everyone watching Daniel Radcliffe try and keep up with the other two I feel like he got to an age and then he's he, he just stopped being able to act better did he ever could he ever really act I don't mean to be rude but he's not exactly like the most fantastic actor is he I don't think he was ever good, but I think there was certainly a, a curve where he improved 
Yeah, yeah, I, I feel that. I watched a film with him in it and he did a dodgy accent. There's mm. quite a lot of films of him doing dodgy accents. It's kind of a thingy. <laughs> they often put him in roles of accents he can't do. I don't understand why. But it was one about him being in the woods or something and he was like surviving, like, trying to survive. Yeah. I want to say he was like South African or something in it. Yes. They, there was also the other one where he played a Nazi. There was, was, didn't they also adapt or he was on the stage version of that, that play called... Um, Equinox or something. The one with the horse. Yeah, yeah, that was a play thing. Yeah. yeah. There was another one recently, wasn't it? About him breaking out of a prison. I'm going to consult Google about this, but the the one I've seen... Oh, it's just showing me that he's in Harry Potter. Yeah, I know that. The one, the uh, prison one, is that, that's the South African one, isn't it? Isn't it called like... Oh, that's um, the... Yeah, perhaps. Victoria. That might be the... That might be the one. What, there was one about him in the woods. Jungle. That looks like that was it. Jungle. Mm. Yeah. That one was him, and he had an accent in that. I don't remember what accent it was, but it wasn't good. Some sort of, like, Scandi accent, maybe? I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, there was the one about him, yeah, escaping from a... a oh, Escape from Pretoria, Pretoria, is it? That's, um, that was a South African one. That, again, accent, dreadful. So, yeah, I don't know why he keeps getting cast in these roles, but who knows what he's doing now. But then again, Emma Watson's not really doing film, is she, much anymore? She does a bit. No, she went off to, um, to I think it was like an Ivy League school and now she's a UN ambassador or something. Doing well for yeah. herself. And Blokey Weasley, what's his name? Rupert Grint? Rupert Grint, yeah. Yeah, he is in a relationship with Georgia Groom, who is the main girl from Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging and they've just had a baby yes. together and it's called, it doesn't say, it's they've got a daughter. Yeah, they, they have a baby and I know everyone was like really surprised because like no one actually knew they were even a thing and then suddenly they came out and had a baby. So that's a bit of a, bit of a trivia fact for you about Rupert Grin. So final question, um, what is your guilty pleasure? My guilty pleasure in films, see I would say, normally I know most people say rom-coms or, you know, like chip flicks and that's like a really standard answer but I like them and I'm not ashamed to like them. You know, Love Actually was one of my favourites. So I had yeah. to think outside the box a little bit here. And I would probably say war films. Big fan of things like Dunkirk, 1917. Yeah. This kind of vibe. I don't know if that's a guilty pleasure, but I just find it quite interesting. And I like there was one I saw and it was about they were in it's all from in the trenches. The whole film set in the trenches. And then at the end mm. of it set in real time as well. So it's like over an hour, it's like over a course of an hour, or how long the film is, it's like all in one go. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Films, as you know. The one that springs to mind is, I think it's probably not the one you're thinking of, but it's where at the end, it's it's set around the um, kind of truce during World War One when they got out of the trenches and then, you know, played football. Uh, Joy, Joy Noel, I think it was called. No, that's not what I'm thinking of. The one I'm, I tell you, I'm, I know, I think Sam Claflin's in it. Uh, oh, Journey's End. Is that it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Journey's End with um, Aza, Aza Blokey. What's his name? Aza Butterfield? Oh, no, he is, yeah. Aza Butterfield is in this, yeah. So yeah, the, the kid from Sex Education, yeah? Yeah. Have you yeah. seen Journey's End? I haven't, no. That's a good film. It's all, it's in the trenches, and it's, uh, yeah. I think, I'm pretty sure it's all in the trenches, and it's, mm. like, kind of in and out of a dugout, and they're kind of waiting to hear about go, if they have to go up and over or not. So it's all kind of set in that, which is, I thought was quite an interesting concept. And anyway, back to the point. War films, I like them. <laughs> it's, it's a good choice. And I, I feel like a lot of people would probably say it's not a guilty pleasure because films like Dunkirk and 1917, no. very good films. Yeah, 
Yeah, I know what you mean. Then I thought the reason I suggested it is because I think it's quite depressing as a category. That's quite a depressing category, don't you think? Like <laughs> World War films. Do you know what I mean? I should cheer up a little bit, but they're the ones I find quite interesting. And I always find myself Googling afterwards, like the historical bits about them, like how accurate they are and mm. stuff like that. So I just find them really interesting. Yeah, yeah I do like a good war film. Uh, so Hacksaw Ridge is one of my favourites from recent years, if you haven't seen it. Um, no, I haven't. Maybe I should. So it's Andrew Garfield. He plays a... So it's based on a real story. And this real guy um, in... Um, I want to say it was World War II because they were fighting the Japanese in the film. He plays a conscientious subjector. So he ah. went onto the battlefield and he didn't have any gun or anything on him. Um, and he ended up being like a, a medic and like helping people um, on the battlefield. Interesting. Maybe I should yeah. watch that. That sounds. I'm, I've looked that up as well, and that seems like something I would watch. Yes, if you like war films, that's a good one. I will watch and that. Thank also, you. Also, I'll throw another recommendation at you. Uh, I love it. Unbroken. Unbroken. So, yes. So it came out in I want to say about 2013, 2014. 2014. Kind of mm. Yeah. And so it's got Josh O'Connell, or Jack O'Connell. I forget his first name. Jack. Jack O'Connell, yes. And it was actually directed by Angelina Jolie. It was indeed. I've just seen that in the in the Wikipedia page. Fantastic. Interesting. And it's actually a really good film. So uh, underrated in my opinion. So I'll check it out. Perfect. I've that's two two films to watch for me. <laughs> so yeah, war films. Good choice. Good choice. I, I was just thinking, I I didn't really consider myself a fan of war films, but then when you when you reel off some of the big ones from recent years, there's actually a lot that that's really good. And yeah, a I lot think if they're done well, if they're done well, they're really, I just find them really interesting. I find them really emotional. I find that the hist history side of it really interesting. I'm quite interested in like histories as well. Mm. So all in all, it just kind of works for me. It's just kind of a bit of a boring thing to say you like. Like, yeah, I know everyone like watch the big ones, but sometimes if you suggest watching, I don't know, a war film, people are a bit like, it's a bit heavy. <laughs> But no, I like them. So that's my guilty yeah. pleasure. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, that's it. Um, that's an interesting list. Um, everything from Love Actually to uh, well, War. <laughs> it's good. Before we let you go, oh, firstly, how are you celebrating your birthday tomorrow? And how is it going to factor into this um, historical drama biopic with Maggie Smith? Uh, well, do you know, I'm, so my housemate was saying to me the other day about going to Alton Towers. And you're never too old to go to Alton Towers. Yeah, although I'm a bit, a bit sketchy because of the whole, you know, losing legs in a crash incident that took place in the recent years. Yeah. I'm sure it's fine now, but like it doesn't, it doesn't like fill you with confidence, especially because that was human error. Like the bloke who did it just pressed the wrong button or whatever it happened. Just yeah. doesn't fill you with confidence to go on the ride. But no one's died recently, so we're going to hope for the best. We actually watched just a couple of days ago Final Destination 3, which is the one with the roller coaster. Oh, um, I haven't so, watched any of the Final Destinations. I don't, I, I'm I, not going to if it's about Alton Towers. Well, not about Alton Towers, but about theme parks. Don't want to watch yeah, it. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it um, mm -hmm. until at least. After I've survived, I'll watch it. Yeah. Not a biopic, you know, my film about my death can be that yeah i mean obviously if alton towers turns into a, a fairly tragic affair then then the genre is going to change quite significantly but uh exactly. I, I hope it doesn't i hope it doesn't oh yeah but again it might give amelia clark and or toughness middleton some you know work well yes you know every cloud every so. cloud for them <laughs> yeah <laughs> all for supporting careers yes so uh yeah well good luck with that Thank and you. Um, where can people find you if they did want to get in touch? 
my Instagram is at Esme Todd, E-S-M-E-T-O-D-D, as is my Twitter, which I don't really use very much, as is my LinkedIn. <laughs> and I've got a website as well, which is just my name.co.uk. That's where you'll find all my bits, presenting, work, stuff, you know, existence. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah, well, thank you very much. Um, it's been great chatting with you. And, thank uh, you for having yeah. me. No worries. Cheers. That's it for this week of the Friday Film Club. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can rate and review us on all good podcast platforms. Also, uh, do reach out to us on social media at the Fry Film Club on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you want to be a guest in a future episode, do drop us a message on social media or email liam at hefcorp.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to the first season of the Friday Film Club. I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, We are busy planning for season two, and that's going to be coming early next year. So do keep your ears out for that. We're lining up some great guests. And uh, of course, if you've got any feedback, do let us know. Uh, We want you to enjoy what you hear. Um, And also uh, remember before season two starts to tell everyone about the show. Follow us on social at the Fry Film Club and leave a review and a rating uh, so others can find us as well. Uh, That would be great. Enjoy your Christmas and your new year, and we will see you on the other side.